Winner's Paradigm Podcast. I got my man Brandon Kumar Ramsey today. We're talking about public speaking and really diving into the way we present ourselves when we're talking to our audience and even, you know, booking on stages, events, and so forth. I know a lot of times we get thrown in these positions where we got to speak. You get that natural anxiety just for being in front of people. And then just the words don't come out of your mouth right. So that's where I really wanted to be able to jam with him, jump into these little hooks here and figure out, hey, how do we establish our rhythm? Figure out how do we get comfortable quick so we can be able to get better in the future. And then we have the power of talking to the masses. You guys are going to need to stick around. Appreciate y'all. Sure, why they act like tools can't win at the same time? Sporting yourselves and scaling your business with me and mine. When the kitchen got hot, we kept it moving. There's always room for improvement. You got the juice, you gotta prove it. Don't talk about it, just do it. That's what we like to call out for influence. Really ain't no telling what we could do it. Just a little bit of out for influence. Made it to the top floor from the sewage with a little help from out for influence. Yo, before we get moving with the podcast today and really jump into this, I need you to go to thewinnersparadigm.com and subscribe to our newsletter. That's where you're going to be able to keep up and hear about the Winners Paradigm podcast as well as uh, Alpha Influence Media. If you're looking to be able to get some podcast production done, focus on what you're good at, what you're aligned to, what your core message is, and I'll handle all the back end stuff for you because I know a lot of times we get a little consumed with all the things that we need to be doing that we end up falling short in one place, making us pod fade. Furthermore, not wanting to even keep doing this thing because we feel like it's a drag due to all the post-production stuff. So I'll take care of you. You guys are going to love this episode. I appreciate y'all. Peace. My man, Brendan, thank you so much for being able to come on the show today, brother. I'm sorry about before, but uh, I was running a little late, guys. As for context, I was on another podcast and then Brendan was messaging me, but I wasn't able to respond because I was in the middle of the recording. So once we finished that up, hit Brendan back up. Hey, brother, thank you for being flexible. Let's make it happen. So Brendan, thank you again, brother. Would you mind giving us an intro of who you are, what you're doing today and what you're passionate about, brother? Of course, man. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me, Alendis. Am I pronouncing your name correctly, by the way? Yes. Thank you so much. Okay, awesome, man. So yeah, my name is Brendan. I'm the founder of Master Talk. Master Talk is a YouTube channel that I started to help the world master the art of communication and public speaking. And I also have a coaching business for executives. And how I got started, Alendis, was when I was in college, I went to business school and I did these things called case competitions. Think of it like professional sports, but for nerds. So while other guys my age are playing rugby or volleyball or some other sport, I was doing professional sports for nerds, which is case competitions. And that's how I learned how to speak. But as awesome. a, yeah, I know it's kind of weird. It's a different sport. I, I had a friend, I had a friend who did that and I was always like, really? about that and kind of same thing like debate club too, um, where they'd have to prevent their, what they were doing. But at that time I was doing three sports. So I was just like, I didn't have time for it. And that was something I always found interesting, but I also didn't like public speaking initially, um, mm. just because it's like, you know, you get that natural anxiety. But for me, it wasn't like getting the natural anxiety. It was just like not being able to control it. So sorry to interrupt. <laughs> no, no, that's great. I love that. I'm glad your friend did that. So so us is similar to the debate club, except it's more business related. So you right, get right, like right. a case on Nike or Amazon. Those executives would actually come 
That's to awesome. the to the competition to to pick up people for job opportunities and stuff. But anyways, long story short, Alondas, I was just making these, doing these competitions. wasn't really looking to be an entrepreneur. That was never my game, my DNA. It was really to be an executive at a company. But then I had the idea for Master Talk because I realized that everything that I was sharing with them on the internet wasn't available for free online. Like everything I was sharing with them in person wasn't on the wasn't on YouTube or anything. So I started making YouTube videos on communication without much thought, and it just turned into something I never thought it would. That is awesome, brother. And and kind of for you, when you were first starting making your videos, you know, when you were first starting um, doing the debates like that, how was that? Like, what was kind of your mindset there? What were some of the hurdles you had to jump through to be able to start preparing yourself to be able to articulate that with your audience? Yeah, absolutely. So many obstacles. I mean, let's start from the beginning. I grew up in Montreal, Canada, Lundas, which means I, you need to know how to speak French, uh-huh. which I didn't know. So my whole life, not only did I struggle with communication, I was presenting a language I didn't even know. Right. So that's one. The second one is I have a crooked left arm because of a surgery I had when I was younger. So even today when I keynote, people see my crooked left arm and it's a bit awkward. And it was really hard for me to make friends when I was younger. And the third piece is you would think that a communication expert studied in communication. I have a bachelor's degree in accounting. So it's not uh, not the best way to, to learn for sure. And of course, when I started the YouTube channel, a lot of imposter syndrome. Because remember, just to paint the picture, I was 22 years old, I was broke, I had no money, my nearest uh, competitor collaborated now, but at the time was, you know, 50 years old, PhD in communication. And I'm just some kid on a couch in my mom's basement making videos on executive communication. So yeah, lots of obstacles for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. But you said it there and that's what I love is you said, like, even for instance, your arm, that's a hurdle. You know what I mean? That's something that you had to learn how to talk to people and that, you know, when you walked around them or even in, in integrating and had that communication from the initial communication problems you had. So you already went through that in your case, like putting in the YouTube video, you're just articulating with people. And then I bet when you got around the right people, you're like, man, this is clicking. Maybe like I was, you know, not in the right atmospheres. I was not around the right people. And that's why things were happening. So from an alignment standpoint, would you agree with that? That, you know, when you started manifesting that, when you started putting the work in, you're around those right people, you're like, you know what? I actually can provide that value um, just like you were doing on, on YouTube. Absolutely, Lundus. You know, I've always believed that confidence is earned, never given in the Mm. sense that you don't start really good. Like I never started coaching CEOs when I was when I started doing this. I was coaching 15 year olds. Those are the people I was comfortable serving at the time. Then I started coaching people my own age. Then I started coaching executives. And the reason I went straight to executives was because a lot of friends of mine who are my own age were starting their own companies. They were becoming technology CEOs, like a lot of the tech startup land. So I started helping them. And that experience helped me coach executives who are much older than me. And I was able to gain the maturity over time. Whereas I think what a lot of people miss, the biggest mistake is they just don't do anything. They just sit there and they go, yeah, like the confidence is going to come. No, it's never going to come. You actually have to put in the work. And there's a great quote by Ali Gadet on this. He says that if you help one person, the world will give you permission to help everyone else. But you need to start with that one person. You know, my YouTube channel started with two subscribers. Then it turned to four, eight, 16, and then the rest was history. 
brother, I love that so much. Cause even when I started the podcast, that was something I went through. I'm like, man, I don't know if people are really liking this. I got real personal and that was too, you know, like to set it. And I didn't want to do that. You know what I mean? I didn't want to get personal. I didn't really want to talk about certain things. It's like, it's a lot, it's long winded, you know? So it's like my first episode where I'm talking about, about me, it's just like all these things. And then it's like, I don't know if people are going to like it. And then I have that one person that's like, man, I really love what you're talking about. You're talking about resiliency and how you bounce back from this and how, um, you know, I, I actually, what's funny about public speaking is I went through that when I was on the, I was in the military and when I was on deployment, I had to get operations briefs. Now, the reason why this was a little bit harder than me than anything I've done in my life, um, I would read a slide of 10, uh, a slide or have 10 minutes to read a page that I had no clue about. But the thing was, is I wasn't able to uh, connect with it. So I'm talking about a task force and what they're doing. And like, I don't know what the hell that is. You know what I mean? I know what they're doing and I know we're putting like mortars over here or whatever, but I don't know. You know what I mean? We don't do that in my job. I was aviation. So it was like, I'm learning about all this stuff that's foreign to me. So initially it was like the, uh, the ums, you know, stuttering. And then one day um, there was an officer uh, grade six that was in there. So this man, you know, most Jack dude I've ever seen in my life, intimidating. And I see people in like suits too, which is also crazy because we're in Kuwait. So I was just like, why are they being suits? But anyway, um, that was just it. They're probably like secret service or something. So they're there and I'm briefing and I just see them. And up until that point, I had one time um, where one of the officers started laughing at me mid brief. And that was something that was just like, I, like, have you ever had something like that where like you're talking and then you see someone chuckle? It was one of those like man was laughing and I was just like, excuse me. So I stopped, you know, the hard stop. Is something funny, sir? And he's like, oh, and looks at me like I shouldn't have done that. You know what I mean? But I was just like, I'm trying to give you the information that you guys need um, that could be able to save lives. And if you want to keep talking, that's it. So kind of learned that there. But anyway, when that colonel was there that one day, that was um, 06, he stopped, put a hand out and he's like, you're good. Slow it down relax. And it was like, from that day forward, I was able to crush it because of that. I believed in myself. I knew it. I had that, like I already got the intimidating stuff out the way. So in your case, brother, when you're working with CEOs, um, you're working with these execs and you're teaching them the things, what are some of the strategies that you give them so they can break through? So they don't have as much of those moments. And at the same time, to be able to walk through those moments where they're getting the stage fright, they're not knowing, you know, they're questioning their abilities sometimes. Yeah, absolutely, Linda. Thanks for that story. That was awesome. Very powerful. I would say, of course, man, I would say we start with the first question, which is simply this. How would your life change if you were an exceptional communicator? How would your life change if you're an exceptional communicator? A lot of us dream about our business goals, our relationship goals, our health goals, Linda. When was the last time we dreamed about our communication and how we can actually get better? So we need to spend a few minutes just pondering that question because if we don't have the motivation to do something, as Tony Robbins says, if something is not a must, then it's never going to get done. So it's important for us to focus on that piece because communication affects not just our businesses, but every area, every moment of our life, Absolutely. from the way we talk to our family, from the, the way that we have dinner with them, from the way that we order food at a restaurant to the way we talk to strangers when we travel. And once we realize that communication is about leading a more fulfilling life, then we start to take it more seriously. Brother, I love that. And and to kind of caveat off that, you mentioned the way we articulate and we talk to certain groups of people. That was something that was hard for me. Um, So for you, you know, what would you, what kind of tips would you give as daily strategies that are going to help people build that resiliency, that first nature, 
And then two, um, the second part of that is going to be how significant is tonality and being able to use that voice and fluctuations to be able to convey that message. Either, you know, we're whispering and we're getting them to bring in or, you know, we're talking a little bit different. We raise our voice so you can catch their attention. You know, how powerful is that as well? Yeah, for sure, Alundas. So here's the way that I see this, right? In the context of communication, we're like juggling 18 balls at the same time. So one of those balls is eye contact. One of those balls is tonality. One of those balls is smiling. And when you try and juggle all 18, all of them fall to the ground. So not the right approach. Instead, what you want to do is juggle one ball at a time. Just one. Until you get everything right. So what does that mean in the context of daily exercises? That means start with three exercises, which I call my easy threes. So the first one is called the random word exercise. Pick a random word like shelf, like eyes, like hair, and give random presentations out of thin air. And what I always tell people is if we can make sense out of nonsense, we can make sense out of anything. So Mm. start to work on your communication skills over time, and you'll get better with time as well. Brother, I love that so much because I feel like that's huge and definitely like knowing the audience, you know, using that, doing that. I 100% agree because I used to do that one, you know, clicking the clicker and it's just like tapping it, fidgeting, having a fidget spinner in my pocket because I'm like, oh, I get anxiety. (laughs) (laughs) Like I've been there, you know what I mean? So it's like, I I know how it can be for some people where it's just like, uh, that's not my strong suit. I don't know what to do. So appreciate that, brother. Um, But for you, you know, when, whenever you're doing group presentations um, and you need more engagement from other people, you know, what's one of the effective communication strategies you use to be able to get everybody to be aligned with the mission? But number two, make sure that everybody's heard, you're getting their input so they can be able to exchange that value. So when you do give that presentation, you're able to knock it out that part. Yeah, absolutely, brother. I would say with group presentations, there's a few things that we need to keep in mind. The first one is I practice like puzzle. So what does that mean? You know, those jigsaw puzzles you used to as kids, you know, you put those pieces together and you get the result you're looking for. So when we're doing that jigsaw puzzle, we have to ask ourselves this question, which pieces do we start with first? In general, the answer is the edges, the corner pieces, right? Because it's easier to find the box, put them together. So I'm sure you're probably thinking like, what does this have to do with communication? I would argue it has everything to do with communication because when we speak, when we give a presentation, we generally do the opposite alundas. We focus on the middle first. We shove a bunch of stuff in our presentation. We ramble throughout the whole thing. And then our last slide sounds something like this. Uh, yeah, so thanks. Not the right approach. So instead, what I recommend is start with the edges first, like a jigsaw puzzle. Practice your introduction 50 times in the introduction. 50 times. Do it until it's perfect. Do the same thing with the conclusion. What's a great movie with a terrible ending? Last time I checked, terrible movie. Do the same thing with the conclusion and then tackle the middle. That is how you get the success that you're looking for. Whereas most people, when they practice presentations on this, they just do the whole thing over and over and over again. You get tired after three presentations. So instead, you want to do intro, conclusion, then middle. Brother, I love that. And I noticed one thing that you're doing exceptionally well. So I'm going to point it out. Um, 
how significant is it to repeat somebody's name back? You've mentioned it a couple of times. Everything you say is a Lundis, answer the question, you say my name. It's one of those things that people gravitate towards you when you start using their name more. So when you're giving those speeches, you're using that name. What kind of power does that bring behind that? Yeah, absolutely, Lundis. I'm doing it right now. <laughs> is you know, Dale Carnegie always says that the the sweetest noise or sound that any human being can hear is the sound of their own name. And that's just the way it is. People, people are gravitated towards that. So of course, in a one-on-one conversation, it makes perfect sense to just keep repeating it. But obviously if you're speaking to a group, it's not as easy. So what you want to do in that context is you want to see how big the group is, how intimate it is. And you just pick different people in the group and you make it work. So that's the way I would approach that in terms of in terms of bigger groups, it's harder to do it. You probably want to use just personal people from your own life, but the conclusion is clear. People like to hear their own name. So you want to try and repeat it as often as you can, because it shows that you're listening and you shows that you're paying attention to that person that you're present. Brother, I love that so much because I was watching, um, if you're familiar with him, his name's coach Michael Birch, um, coach Michael Burke. And uh, he does that when he's doing his Facebook lives, he's like reading, he'll be talking. And I thought it was hilarious one day because I didn't know what he was doing. And he's talking and just like so smooth the way he's deliberate and saying things and it clicks. You're like, man, that works. And he just starts saying people's names like off the Facebook live list. And he's like, hey, and he's like, hey, Susan, and goes do this and like starts talking. And I'm like, man, he's engaging the audience on that in using it in a live format where he's not even seeing them. They're seeing him, but he's just looking who pops up, who joins and welcoming them or talking about the story and be like, Hey, Susan, so when you're doing this or Susan, in your context and your career, what did you think about this? And this is how you could have answered it. And it was just like giving hypotheticals. I was like, man, that's perfect. So in your case, you mentioned Dale Carnegie. Um, what are other books, man, that you would suggest that what are going to be able to allow us to become better public speakers, um, be effective communicators for our business, for pro- our professional personal life as well? Yeah, for sure, man. I would say the book that I'd recommend is Thirst by Scott Harrison. Scott Harrison's a CEO of Charity Water. Oh, you've read it? No, I said I got to read that one. Oh, I think so. <laughs> I was like, it's rare. I usually, that's why I like to recommend it. I always like to recommend the counterintuitive read Absolutely. that not a lot of people know about. So Scott's a CEO of Charity Water, and he started a nonprofit to help millions of people across the globe gain access to clean water. It's the biggest water charity in, in the world, actually. But what I love about Scott is how practical the journey is. He's not just someone who talks about communication and storytelling and public speaking. He's applied it and he's raised hundreds of millions of dollars for his nonprofit to grow this to the moon. And I feel that's what's really powerful and magical about what Scott's been able to do. And that's why it's a great read. And there's a great quote as well in the book that I'd love to share. And the quote is simply this, the goal is not to live forever but rather create something that will. So do something important with your life. Wow. That is awesome, brother. And thank you so much for touching on that. Um, in this case, if you were right now to recalibrate, you know, restart from square one, you have to find that one thing and suggest it to somebody where they're like, hey, I need to be able to work on myself so I can achieve my definition of success. What would you recommend for them? Yeah, man. Of course, we talked about communication tips, but I would say more in terms of mindset. My advice would be very similar. And I'll, I'll use Tony here as an example. He says that the quality of your life is solely determined by the quality of the questions that you ask yourself about life. My version of Tony's quote is this. If you sit down and ask yourself a hard question every day for 30 days, you'll never be the same ever again. 
So sit down and really reflect on what you want your life to be. Because that's the best way to recalibrate your mindset. I call them 80-20 questions. Obviously, we know the 80-20 principle, right? What's the 20% of the actions that lead to 80% of the result? My version of that is what is the 20% of the questions that leads to 80% of the clarity in one person's life? So for me, those questions are, and I'll give you three as an example, not to overwhelm the audience too much. One, if you could only accomplish three things in your life and only three, what would you achieve and why? And this gets people really laser focused because we want to do this and that and this gets them focused. Why is those three things important to you? Number two, if I gave you a billion dollars right now, what would you do with your time? And this really messes people up because they go, I would travel because I got money. And I was like, well, okay, what are you going to do? You're going to travel for three years, five years, and then what, die? And then it confuses people because people are wired to think about 65 as the golden number to retire. And I was like, what if I retired you right now? What would you do with your time? You don't need money anymore. You don't need to work anymore. And this gets people to think about how they want to spend their most valuable commodity which is the clock that's constantly ticking. That's the second question. The third question I would ask is if you were 99 years old right now, I got this from guest theory on your deathbed and you had an opportunity to come back right now, what would you do differently? Is there something that you would do right now? And those are the questions that I encourage your viewers to ask because that's what's going to lead to clarity and help you recalibrate any mindset issues that you might have in your life. Damn, I was thinking about asking another question and going on mindset, but you hit that nail on the head right there and you've been automatic, brother. So it's been an honor being able to have this conversation with you. Um, where can anybody find you, brother, if they want to keep up with Master Talk, they want to keep up with your business and be able to even work with you? Of course, Alain. This is such a pleasure having you, man. It was great. Uh, having me, sorry, <laughs> having you. <laughs> With a great I mean, conversation. You know what? You can interview me. You can interview me next time. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Man. Well, thanks for having me, man. This is great. So two ways to keep in touch. Number one, I would say the YouTube channel. Just go to Master Talk in one word. You'll have access to hundreds of free videos on how to communicate ideas effectively. And then number two, the second way to keep in touch is simply my rockstarcommunicator.com workshop. So every few weeks, I'm on Zoom. I coach a session for free for the group of people for 90 minutes. It's super fun. It's live. It's interactive. So you can just go to rockstarcommunicator.com to register for a free one and join us. Perfect, brother. Well, thank you. We'll put that in the show notes. It was an honor, brother. We're definitely going to have to talk again. And I'm starting another podcast in the future, Alpha Influence Media, helping people with those things, you know, uh, building their following, communicating, building their brands, dominating in that brand. So we'll definitely have you on there as well. So thank you again, brother. Thank you, bro. Sure, why they act like tools can't win at the same time? Sporting yourselves and scaling your business with me and mine. When the kitchen got hot, we kept it moving. But there's always room for improvement.